Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. It's also the only show that covers New Mexico United with a USSF grassroots licensed official. Bragger. <laughs> welcome into tonight's show. My name, of course, is Seth Bell. Joining me tonight, we have the one and only Earl Nieto. Earl, uh, glad to have you back on the show, buddy. Glad. Um, We've been talking all week long. Glad to see you back. How are things going on on your end? And uh, I know we had a little bit of a technical issue sitting down tonight. Why don't you tell everyone uh, what happened? So Earl's an idiot. We'll start off with that. <laughs> um, so it's been a really, really, really long week. And that's more than an understatement for sure. Um, I spent the past weekend. So Friday night, Saturday night into Sunday. In Santa Fe, of all places, the greatest non-great place on earth. Um, sorry if I'm distracted. I'm trying to pay my Wi-Fi bill, I think. Um, <laughs> that might have been the problem at first. No, that's not the problem. What, yeah, what? you got you got an adult every now and then, Earl. I know yeah, you're only adulting 18, sucks. but... Adulting sucks, just so everyone knows. Um, so, Sombrero Man, whenever you hear this, stay young. Don't adult. Um, in fact, you might as well drop out of high school now because adulting sucks. Just yeah, kidding. Don't drop out. I'm actually super yeah. happy for you. I'm actually super <laughs> happy for you, Sombrero Man. Um, I'm still waiting for my invitation. It must still be in the mail. Um, yeah, what's up with that? We didn't get in, We didn't get an invite to the graduation. Yeah, and I checked my mail today, so either the postal service is playing jokes on me or Sombrero Man, me and you got some, got some words to do. <laughs> um, so... so Friday, Saturday, Sunday was crazy. A bunch of funeral stuff, a bunch of family stuff. Spent the entire three days in Santa Fe, which is not fun. Um, and then I come back to work and it's just work. Um, and then now, as I'm trying to... No spoilers for Doctor Strange, please. Jerry? Dumbledore dies at the end. I could tell you now... The next movie, everyone dies. Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe? <gasps> That's actually a, oh, that would be a slight blow at um, Robert Downey Jr. when he ruined Endgame for everybody before it even came out. Um, no, Jerry, if you haven't watched Doctor Strange, I super suggest you watch it. Me and my wife went Sunday night to watch it. Um Don't ask me why we went Sunday night when we work on Monday morning, um, but it's really good. It's actually really good. You know, um, I haven't seen it. My, my Both my boys saw it. I thought about taking my, my – so I took Logan to go see Sonic 2 on Friday, and I thought I would have possibly an opportunity to, to take the boys to, to go see it. But I thought, well, I, I've heard that some parts of it are, are a little bit scary, so I didn't want to take Logan, thinking it might be an issue. Then he went and saw it at a birthday party on Saturday. Then Alex saw it over the weekend too, and so I haven't seen it yet. I want, I, I want to see it. Maybe I'll go this weekend. Um, you could say there's a scary, there's a scary part in there. Um, it's not too bad. Um, if I had kids, I definitely take my kids to watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't have any kids. Uh, thank God. But no, Jerry, I, if you haven't watched it, I highly suggest you do watch it because we'll probably spoil it next week. Just so you know, <laughs> um, because if you haven't watched it within 
a week of it coming out sucks to be you. Um, so, and I'm just kidding by that. You know what? By the way, fuck Google, because on my homepage today there was a spoiler. Yeah, I know. I'm I know. like, seriously. Like, I didn't know this was going to happen. It's something that's been rumored for years and years and years that people have wanted. And apparently it's in the movie. I'm like, I just want to see it. It's, I don't want to hear it's about really it. It's really good. It is It is really good. Um, I wouldn't put it top five, and I'm usually one to put something top five. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it top five, but it's definitely up there with top ten for sure. All right. So that's probably going to be on my list of things to do this week. Uh, We'll have a a Marvel spoiler cast next week, possibly. But uh, as you've already seen Jerry over in the chat, if you are with us, Facebook or YouTube, go ahead and throw your questions and comments over in the chat. We do have some things to get to tonight. We're going to talk New Mexico United. And who did we play last week? I didn't even forget. I honestly. Yeah, Jerry, it's (laughs) it's definitely, it's definitely mid. Like I said, I wouldn't put a top five, but it's, if I were to put a ranking on it, probably seven, six or seven. I'll have, it's, I'll, it's, I, I definitely got to go f- watch it. It's actually good because it's not too long. I think it's only like a two hour runtime. So it's not too bad. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a bad movie for sure. It's really good. Um, so back to my fun week and ish. Uh, so last week, so the weekend ended, went back to work Monday, got back to the grind of things. Uh, and then now as I'm trying to get signed on to this stupid thing, um, I was using my laptop today trying to, I was using my laptop today and I had the volume on mute. Um, so I, I see Seth trying to talk to me. I'm like, crap, I can't hear him. So I said, I'll try to hop on my phone. Crap. I can't hear him. Well, the phone's paired to my AirPod, which is now paired to this. Um, this laptop here was on mute. So while Seth is telling me his story, um, before we go live, we have our little, our little powwow and shindig and tea and crumpets. Um, so while we're waiting for our tea to warm up and our crumpets to finally go stale, um, my volume's on mute. So I can enjoy the tea and crumpets. And then Jacob's telling me it's eight o'clock when he's actually probably drunk right now. Um, so yeah, it, it's been a it's been a couple of days, that's for sure. Um, definitely was looking forward to this. Who am I kidding? I still am looking forward to this. Life goes on. That it does. That it does. It's been an interesting few days as well. So if you're if you are a mother and you're listening or watching, happy happy belated Mother's Day to you this past weekend. Obviously Mother's Day. Earl, did you, did you guys do anything special or did you guys just hang out? Uh, we just we hung out. Yeah, is what happened. Um, we had plans, and then her brother, so my brother-in-law, beat us to that plan to go watch Doctor Strange. We're gonna take my mother-in-law to watch that. Um, and then I tried to call my mom for Mother's Day, and no one answered the phone. So I was like, ah, oh, crap, I better just text them, whatever. Uh, my mom's phone sucks, by the way. That's probably why she didn't answer. Um, so I texted my sister, and my sister said, we'll try tomorrow, which was yesterday, because everyone in the house has COVID. Oh, wonderful. I'm like, oh, that's cool. My mom's super high risk, so I was super worried about it. Tried to call my mom yesterday, went straight to voicemail again. So I 
finally just gave up. Um, I'll try to call her again tomorrow, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Mother's Day didn't really do anything special. Didn't really have go all out and have a shindig and and whatnot. Kind of just moped around the house until about three o'clock when my wife decided, hey, I know we work tomorrow early in the morning and your alarm clock goes off at five in the morning. Let's go clothes shopping at, at the mall. And then after that, let's go watch a movie at 630. Yeah. When I know you go to bed at nine. So it's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> well, it sounds like you, it sounds like you and your wife had a, had a nice afternoon out of the house. And, and if my wife is listening, you. God knows I love her because she listens to this once in a while. So yes, I do love you. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to help you out here. Earl. I'm trying. Wait for the door to be kicked in. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, we obviously had plans, you know, you guys weren't able to make it into town for the match. Jacob obviously, uh, is out of town, uh, this week. He may or may not hop on, uh, here in a little he while he might, you know, uh, you, you know, know he yeah, won't. you know, I, I hope he doesn't, he's on vacation, you know, enjoys his, enjoys his, his week off. So, um, did you have a chance to watch the match from Saturday and, uh, what are your, were your initial reactions to the one, one draw with San Diego loyal? So, yeah, so I watched, I was actually able to watch the match live on Saturday night. Um, at first, I was, I was torn on it for sure. Um, I feel like we played better than San Diego mm-hmm. up until about the 65th, 70th minute. Um, and then I, that double yellow that turned into a red. I feel like we should have upped our our tenacity and ten- intensity with that. For some reason, we played down to where we were playing 10v10 is what it seemed like. Um, it seemed like we were playing down a man as well. And the 70th minute on, I was kind of disheartened and very upset about it because it seemed like we were not trying to play. Um, but then when I rewatched the match... I stand corrected because it show. So initially when I watched, I was watching on my phone. So I didn't really have a good view. Didn't have much going on. Um, And I was distracted with family all over the place and just life happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I rewatched it uninterrupted, the 70th minute on was actually very clean. Um, I still think we played better before that, but we did play very clean the last 30 minutes of the match. Um, and I say 30 minutes because of six minutes stoppage time. So I feel like we played very clean this after the 70th minute. Um, and then obviously with Harry without, so Jerry, if you haven't watched the match, make sure you plug your ears. Um, after the Harry goal was just, I mean, obviously the match was over, but that was, he was in the right spot at the right time. Cause that mm-hmm. could easily be in Brucey's. That could easily fall into someone else's foot. Um, yeah, so Harry was just in the right spot at the right time. Do I take anything away from his goal? Absolutely not, because as Tyler would say, Harry is a really freaking cool dude. Um, so Tyler, if you're listening, you did get a shout out tonight um, for your comments on how cool of a dude and how good of a dude Harry really is. Um, but yeah, it was... It was a weird match to watch. I mean, obviously, with San Diego being third in the West, 
us being number 10. Um, oh, and I know Jerry's going to make me say this. El Paso being somewhere around the 7th or the 8th. I know they jumped us in the table, which is why Jerry came out of his freaking closet. Um, so, Jerry, I, I do love you. It's still only a third of the season away in we're down literally five men on our team who would be starters uh, minus Illich. It's whatever, Jerry, at this point, I know you and you and Jacob have that bet going on who makes the playoffs and kits on the line and whatever the crap is going on there still. (laughs) Um, Like I said, though, the season's still super young. I'm not worried. Had we lost, I might've been a little bit worried. I know it's really early to get worried, but had we lost, I might have been worried. Um, I still feel good about the season. I mean, once we get Josh back, once we get Tom Bacchus back, once we get Mondo back, once we have our full lineup, we're good. We're good because those are finishers right there. Yeah, and you know, Saturday against Loyal, going into that, I, you know, we all were kind of – we're all fairly positive about what we thought was going to happen. I went with a draw. I believe you said we were going to win. I think Jacob said uh, a win as well. You know, I looked at it as though San Diego is one of those clubs that is, they've really been strong since they've come into the league. Landon Donovan has them playing really well. And it, it shows to where they're at at this point in the season. I felt like at home, we have a much higher chance of picking up points, particularly a win against a club like San Diego than we would going on the road. And you're absolutely right. We, we played really well in that game. And, and, and honestly, you know, I I wrote about Kyle Vassell in my pre, in my pre-match article for ESPN radio talking about, you know, his ability to score and, you know, how he was the player to watch for them. And so looking at that, at that first, when he scored there in stoppage time in the first half, it's kind of like, oh, well, what the fuck just happened? You know, like. And that because- was, I, I guarantee, guarantee, I'm not taking anything away from Ford Parker. Do I think he's a stud? Yes. Do I think he has a feature in the USL? Absolutely. That goal that Vassell scored. I'm not taking anything away from Vassell either because obviously he scored the goal. But that was a fluke. Mm-hmm. The guy is falling down and his foot just managed to flop onto the ball. Yeah. Yeah. He took I... the right angle on the goal. Yeah. I mean, I am I want to say had has been in there, it might have got stopped just because he's seen, he's seen that before where Ford Parker hasn't. I could be wrong. Yeah. My thing with that sequence is that you got Vassell running down the pitch and basically a last ditch effort and the ball comes over the top, takes a, takes a header and it goes into the box. And then if you watch Ford, he's already, he, he had already, he had started to come out. And then when that header came off, he like stopped and tried to back up. And so when the ball fell to Vassell, he kind of shoves Austin off of him, which I mean, I, you could, you could argue a call there because it wasn't necessarily a 50 50 ball and you could see where he gained a clear advantage by doing that. But you could, but when he did like 
he was falling, you know, Ford got caught flat footed because he was backing up. And so I kind of feel like if he had kept coming out um, as that initial header was played, then he, you know, he could have made a play on that ball, but you know, he, he made the decision to, to stop and back up thinking maybe he'd make a save, but yeah, it it was, it was absolutely a fluky shot. That's not something that you're going to, you're necessarily going to practice that you're going to line up during the week while you're warming up. And that entire sink was, the entire sink was like, you just laid out though. Yeah. He shoved Austin off when I first watched it. I didn't see anything off of that. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he gained he gained the advantage, but Austin was still in the area. Austin still had a chance to make a play on that. And like I said, had Tambakis been back there, maybe it would have got blocked. Maybe it wouldn't have. Yeah. But the fact that the ball fell right at Vassell's feet as he's falling to the side and he just manages to flop it in, I, I'll give it to him. You know yeah. what? I will give him that goal. Do I see him doing that again? Absolutely not. Yeah, it's one of those goals. And it's just, I think if it had come at any other point during the match, that it probably wouldn't have been as much of a concern. But it's the fact that it came in stoppage time, you know, once again. It was the third, I think it's the third time this season already, third or fourth time this season already, that we've given up a goal either in the final five minutes of a half or into stoppage time of a half, which just kind of continues to trend that we've seen with the club. And it's something that we keep hoping is going to resolve itself. But in this case, like you said, it's just kind of a fluky goal. You know, it's not something that you're going to hit, you know, 99 times out of a hundred, you know, most of the time Austin's going to be able to stay up. You're going to have someone in front or he, you know, like you said, he's falling down, puts a foot on the ball and just happens to go in. Like it's just not going to happen. And I felt like coming out of the break that United responded a lot better to that than what we've seen them do. Now, there are there are still some things that that I want to see, and and I had some conversations with some guys on Saturday night, and you could kind of see a little bit better play out of the midfield on Saturday. You could see bees making some runs and driving the ball forward a little bit, which is something that you want to see. And one of the conversations that I had was, in particular, was about that and how bees really seems to shine is with that interplay in the midfield when he's able to take the ball and drive it forward and then, you know, get some, get into some space there in the middle. And so you can kind of see that. And I actually, I asked Zach after the game about the midfield play. Did you have a chance to go back and listen to the post-match? Uh, I did not. I, it's did on not. my to-do list. Okay. Um, so I, I, I asked Zach specifically, you know, about that play with the midfield and how at times where it feels like when we've got that momentum going forward, we've got Sergio or B is trying to push forward or when we're trying to play through the middle of the pitch, the, the play just seems to break down. And I said, you know, what, what is it that we're doing or not doing or that you see that you see that we need to improve on to help make that, that sort of play through the middle more impactful. And what Zach said was that, what what he's seeing is that they're the guys tend to be rushed a little bit. They're moving too fast. They're not making good touches, which are all things that we've talked about. You know, they're making heavy touches. They're not controlling the ball. They're they're playing rushed. They're not picking their moments. And he said what he thinks that we need to see is more cr- like diagonal runs through that area, 
you know, from guys like bees or, or Sergio, or even though know, the, the wider guys, Brucey and, and Harry making more diagonal runs through there to open up this space. Um, and so by he thinks by doing that, we can, we can improve the play through the mid and open up chances for, for bees. And, you know, I was talking to, to David Carl and I said, I felt like the Sacramento match was bees's best performance of the season so far. And I feel like he did even better on Saturday. We didn't see as many heavy touches. We didn't see as many lost points of possession there in the midfield. And so I feel like things are starting to come together. Now it's a matter of just putting it, putting it all, you know, putting it all together and then finding those finishers. And you're right. I mean, the puzzle's all there. The puzzle pieces are all there. I mean, you look up and down United's lineup, and Jerry, I'm going to ignore that stupid comment you made um, because we're literally nine games into a 32-week season, into a 32-game season. We scored goals. Maybe I'm not going to ignore it. Maybe I'm going to go on a rant and just, just, just shut it up, I guess. Um, <laughs> we scored points on three of our first four Three of our first four games, we scored points. And then we went on dry spell. Okay, we're in a dry spell. You scored points on your last three of nine games. Or four of nine games, sorry. Because I think you're at 12 points now or something like that. Um, So you've scored points on... Four of your last nine games where you went winless the first month and a half of the season. Jerry, you don't have much room to talk when you started that piss poor. And you like Parker better than Tambakis, which I'll excuse your spelling. Um, I, I can read, trust me. Uh, I don't know. I mean... If Parker gets more experience playing, depends how long Alex is out. If Parker gets more play, more time playing, I think he can be really good. Like I said, to start the show, I think Parker has a very bright future in the USL. Very bright future. So, yeah, so that's that. Um, where was I at talking about your comment? Oh, yeah. So looking up, up and down the roster, I mean – you're loaded everywhere. You want to look at a star on the on the defensive line. Kalen Wrighton, Austin Yearwood, Rashid Tete. Right there is a phenomenal back line. I would put that against any three forwards in the league. Then you look at your midfield, and we'll start with defensive. You have Will Seymour, Sam Hamilton. Uh, the other guy's name. Um, I just drew a freaking blank. Portillo. Portillo. I know it started with a P. I was like, his name. (laughs) Right there alone. I mean, those are multi-tool guys that can play and has proven to play backline, attacking midfield, wing sides. I mean, it's proven that they can play those positions. And then you look at the attacking midfield where you have Nava, who is 18 freaking years old. 
Nava's been against, the best player on the pitch the past two matches. Yeah, playing against grown freaking men. And I can't wait for him to get the ball in the back of the net. It's going to happen. Oof. And I hope to God it happens against Phoenix here. You know, he he came so close on Saturday to to picking up his first uh, professional goal. It just would have been such a moment for him. And, you know, he's he has played lights out. Like He's just been absolutely electric. And, you know, he can be a real catalyst. Um, One thing that he he definitely needs to get better on is uh, the pacing and and placement of his passes, particularly his crosses Mm -hmm. in. But. You know, he he's a guy that I would love. I cannot wait to see him. And as Zach talked about it, the goals and assists are gonna come for Nava. Like they're gonna come. Like you can see yeah, once he gets more experience, he yeah, he's going to be deadly. It's going to be a treat to watch Nava play two or three years from now. Not that yeah. it's not a treat right now, but two or three years from now, where he has more professional experience, he's gonna be incredible. He's going to be incredible. So, and that's just one part of that attacking midfield where you have Nava, you have Bruce, you have Josh, you have Serge, you you have Harry who is now leading the team in goals. I mean, your attacking midfield is incredible. I'm leaving out Bees because I see Bees more as a forward than a midfield because he plays more Mm -hmm. up there than anything else. Then you look at your forwards, you have Mondo, who's injured, led the team in goals last year. You have Illich, who is a who's a very seasoned vet. You have Nico Brett, who can who's shown he can score goals, just needs to break that freaking ceiling that he's on. You have Itaka, who is super young. Um, Jerry went on a rat, so I'm gonna have to read that here in a minute. <laughs> Um, then you have Itaka, who is super quick, can score goals, just needs to get on the same page as the rest of his front line, then he's good. Then you have Bees, who had 10 goals in half a season last season. I mean, we're loaded. We just need to get on the same page, and then we're forced to reckon with. Once we get all of our pieces back in play and get that puzzle put, to- that puzzle put together... We're good. Yeah. And I'm going to look uh, at what freaking Jerry has to say. <laughs> yeah. You I take a look at that. Yeah. You know. I see you, Yuma's name and I see Luna's yeah. name. And those are two names I cannot freaking you know, stand. So there you might be. You... Yeah. So, so kids, you... if you're listening, there might be a couple of F-words coming out. <laughs> You've been talking about the injured players. And, and I asked Zach for an update on that. And, and uh, so Ilya's still a little ways out. Um, no details on what the, exactly the injury is. Alex Tambakis is close, according to, to, to Zach. Uh, Josh Suggs is still a couple, a little ways out. So uh, Sergio, it should be back soon. Like he could have been in the 18 this past weekend if they wanted to push him, according to Zach. Um, uh, Amando is still on track, you know, looking about June, July. Uh, he actually got back into training on the ball this week, uh, which is great to see. And then a little bit. Uh, so on Josh Suggs, um, I, I don't want to, obviously I'm not going to say where I heard this from, but Josh. So we know he was out for a couple weeks earlier. Um, he received an injection of some kind uh, and got out there against Phoenix re tore whatever muscle it was. 
so don't know how long he's going to be out, but it's still some time away. And I asked about Cody because people ask, you know, what's going on with Cody? Why hasn't Cody even been in the 18? All I got from Zach was that Cody is unavailable. Now, what exactly that means, I don't know. According to the club, he has not officially been recalled by NYCFC yet. And he's just unavailable. Now, the last time we heard that someone was unavailable or didn't really know what was going on, 2019, Manny Padilla was suspended. Now, I'm not saying Cody's suspended. I'm not saying that that's what's going on here. We don't know. All we know is that Zach said that he is unavailable for those two matches. And whether or not that's going forward as well, I I don't know. Um, I talked to some other guys that cover the club, and they said that Zach has given them the exact same thing. Uh, Zach has not given them a an answer on, on that, uh, which brought up some questions across social media. What about bringing up some of the academy keepers uh, as backups? Now, I can say that the club was working someone out on Saturday ahead of the match as an emergency backup keeper. Um, it was not one of the Academy kids. It was someone else. It also was not Casey Gasson, uh, who I know Earl would have loved to have seen out there, but, uh, in terms of the Academy keepers. So there is the possibility that one of them could be used according to USL league rules. You can roster up to five Academy kids on the senior team roster without it affecting the roster slots. Anything beyond that will take up the, the 30 roster slots that are, are available, um, generally two clubs. Now, if a player becomes registered as a professional player with FIFA, they can no longer be considered an academy kid. Um, now, there are still some rules and exceptions that would allow them to play with the academy, but it becomes a, a sticky situation. So that's more than likely why we're not seeing these academy kids called up and brought up in a situation like that. So there's stuff going on, but Alex should be back soon. Um, so hopefully that alleviates some of the concerns that folks have about the, the presence of Cody. But I mean, in the meantime, Ford Parker's played absolutely freaking amazing. You know, San Diego loyal are the best offensive club in the USL right now. And we held them to fewer than 10 shots. I think it was like two on target and one, one goal. So, and four, you know, he's allowed one goal to, to San Diego, one goal to Phoenix. Like Ford has just been absolutely incredible filling in, um, uh, during the absences of Alex and, and Cody. And, um, there's a website or there's an article over on USLChampionship.com that went up today talking about the quarterly report. And, you know, Nicholas Murray actually goes on to say, you know, New Mexico United has been one of the best defensive clubs. They're outperforming the metrics defensively. Like our XGA is like 10.6. We've only allowed seven goals and we're underperforming offensively, which we all know. So, you know, I'm not worried about the defense. I'm worried about the midfield and the forwards. See, I'm not even worried about that um, because we have pieces coming back to get healthy. We have surge coming back who, as you said, it, Oh dear fucking God, Jerry. Um, what needs to be changed to get back on track? Jerry, have you had a freaking Q-tip in your all night? We just went on a 42-minute rant on how we are injured and need to get our un our injured players back on the pitch 
to get back on track. We need Sergio back, who provides depth on the whether he comes off the bench or whether he's on 18. He provides depth. We need Mondo back, who is a perennial starter, almost guaranteed to have his spot back. And even if we do go with three up top, Mondo in the middle, Ataka on the side, Nico on the side, you have three attacking forwards who can put... <laughs> so this, this oh, is Jerry, you're testing my freaking patience tonight. Jerry, we've missed you, buddy. We've missed you in the chat. But And, and this is something we've talked about over the past several weeks is, you know, what what needs to be better? And what... And, and and from my perspective, watching the the club play, and what from what I've seen from from having conversations with people at the club, the interplay in the midfield needs to be better. We need to be more decisive in the midfield, and we also because right now we have nothing through the middle of the pitch. We have nothing there. Uh, at least you know, nothing's working, and so we're relying so much on the wings. And our wing play is great. Don't get me wrong. But we have to offset that with play through the middle. We have to create opportunities through the middle to open up those spaces. And we're not taking full advantage of the pace that we have up top. So like, if we're playing well down the wings, but we can't get anything through the middle, we've got to figure out a way to do one of two things. One, get the ball over the top, get Nico and Tabor uh, or sorry, get Nico and Preston in space, let them use their legs, make plays off the shoulders of defenders or we just need to find some way to pull some guys out of the middle of the box, like when we're, when we're in there, and then play the ball in. And we've got to be better on our crosses into the box. So that's that's the issue there, making that transition from the midfield to the forwards. And if we can get those runs, if we get more consistency in the midfield play, particularly through the middle of the pitch, you know, we're going to find more opportunities. Uh, a player that I like is Nava. don't know what he's missing. He has good... Um, you know, yeah. the thing is, so Diego Luna is a 40-year-old in an 18-year-old's body. I'm also going to take this one. Diego Luna is also a big, giant bitch. <laughs> the, the, the thing about Nava is he's missing the experience. It's not a matter of skills. It's not a matter of confidence. It's, Sorry, a, matter, it's a matter of the experience. Because Christian Nava is... Has been absolutely tremendous the past couple matches for us. He's creative off the ball. He can make defenders miss. He can put the ball into the area, and he can he can put a right into one given the opportunity. And so, one I mean honestly, like what the, the the few things that are holding back the experience, and then his 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 size, because Christian is five four, I think. He may even be a little bit shorter than that. So he's not going to get stilts. Yeah. He's not going to see a lot of uh, opportunities inside the box unless he creates it himself. Like he's not going to get, get on the end of a set piece or anything, but Christian, he's got the pace. He's got the ability on the ball. He can make defenders miss. He he's, you know, he can play into the box. And we saw that the past couple matches and it's just a matter of time before he starts banging them in. And I think these, last two matches for him have just been absolutely incredible experiences for him and incredible growth opportunities. So I'm not worried about Christian Nava. Um, and that's the thing. Okay, Jerry. Yes. Luna has been player of the week. He has scored. He has assisted and has been called up to the national team. Good freaking job on Luna. You know, I still can't stand the guy or the kid or the grandpa because that's what he freaking looks like. 
He looks like he's part of a pit bull mafia who sells freaking puppies to grandladies or grandmas for extra money that they don't have. That's what I see Diego Luna as, a freaking scam artist. Um, I'm not saying he is. That's just my opinion of Diego Luna. Diego Luna was playing while Christian Nava was still in the academy because El Paso didn't have an academy club. So they signed a 16-year-old kid who just turned 17 and decided, hey, what the fuck? Why not? Throw him in. Sorry, kids, if you're listening. Um, so Wikipedia has Christian listed at 5'3". Okay, 5'3". Diego Luna was already playing for the his senior team, learning how to be a punk from Yuma, who we're going to get to that one. Don't worry about that, Jerry. We're going to get to Yuma's fake freaking flop. And if you do not call that a flop, I no longer like you for the rest of the night. (laughs) You're right, Jerry. Nava still has a ton of potential. And that's going to come with the experience, with the time on the pitch. And, you know, putting him in situations where he can develop even further against higher quality guys. Because if, you know, if he was still playing with the academy week in and week out, I have no doubt that he'd be, he'd easily be the top player on that squad and he could be, you know, a, Academy player of the year. And, and that's, the, that's one of the things that we've seen and we were seeing growth from him in different opportunities. And this is, this is a, a great opportunity for him. He's got to make the most of it um, before, you know, bees, before, you know, bees really catches on or before Amando comes back. And so, you know, Nava is a kid that he, again, he's 18 year old kid. He's got a lot of development left to do, but you can see it on the pitch. You can see that he's got it on the pitch. And I think it's really funny that people that refs whistle him for fouls when stiff breezes blow by. So, um, yeah, Nava's a guy that's going to perform and, and it's going to, I think once he gets that first goal, um, it's just going to, the floodgates are going to open for him. He's going to find even more confidence than what he has now. See, and that's the thing. It, and Jerry, I'm waiting for that comment that you're about to drop on us that we're about to get mad at. Um, that's the thing is Diego Luna. If you're going to compare Christian Nava to Diego Luna, that's night and day. Diego Luna has two seasons of experience playing with players like Solignac and Yuma and Carrijo and different players on El Paso who have experience, who have played, who have played countless hours and countless matches. Then you look at Christian Nava, who now has four Sorry, four matches under his belt. So you take Diego Luna's two seasons worth of experience, which is terrible at math. So about 30, 42 games-ish, counting the 16-game COVID season. So about 42, 48 games, around there. Shit, we'll give him 50 games. 50 matches he has under Diego Luna's belt right now. Nava has four. You can't even compare the two. 
just because they're similar in age doesn't mean anything. They're they're similar in age, but they're not similar in minutes played because Nava played under the academy for the first two seasons. And Jerry, on your comment there, actually, I'm not even mad about that comment because I agree with you. There's not a true leader on the United squad right now. Well, now there is because we had Raiden back. But last last week without Raiden starting, with Raiden coming off of the bench, we didn't have a leader. This week, we had Raiden and we looked night and day better. We looked 10 times better than what we did last week. 100 times better than what we did the week before against Phoenix. Um... I mean, yeah. I mean to, the, to that point, you know, the guys that have been serving as our captains or co-captains or vi- you know, vice captains, whatever you want to call them, they've pretty much been injured most of the season. So you're, you're not going to see the same leadership ability as you would out of Kalen or Josh or uh, or Alex or even Dev. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, Bees, Bees isn't that vocal guy that we see from the others, you know, Sam Hamilton is, is a guy that I would love to see be more vocal. Like he's a guy that's, that's been in the system. He knows what to do. Incredibly versatile player. I, I would love to see him be, I would love to see him be more vocal. I would love to see bees be more vocal, but with, with our, with our captains out, like, yeah, there is that going to be a lack of a vocal leader that we typically see. Um, but yeah, now that Kalen's back, Josh is going to be back. Alex is coming back. You're going to see more vocal leadership on there. Now, in terms of actually like leading the line, pushing the play forward, we have been missing that. We've been missing that a lot. You know, Sergio's been out. He's, he hasn't been there to, to push that ball forward. Uh, you see Raddy now. Raddy's stepping up. Raddy's pushing the ball forward. Bees is starting to get there in terms of where we think he should be. And so, you know, there are things that that still need to improve and you know the guys need to step up they need to take on that vocal leadership mantle and you know be that uh be that you know that the manager on the pitch you know cuz that can only do so much you need that manager on the pitch and i think once we get our all of our guys back um or someone else decides to start stepping up and being that you know, we're, we're going to see a little bit of, of miscommunications there at time, a little bit of, you know, lack of that vocal leadership, but um, I'm not too concerned about it. You know, we, we've got guys that are, that are insanely smart from a footballing perspective and understand what needs to be done. So, um, but yeah, United, United, again, it's, this is what six matches running out. United's played well. And it's not like we, it's not like we played poorly. It's not like we're making stupid mistakes like we've seen in the past. Like it's just fluky things. You know, I, I mean, I'm going to say one specifically, I'm a little bit unlucky here and there. And, and that's so, all it is, unluck. Yeah. I mean, this past weekend we did have one mistake that I that I can point out for sure, where Sam coughed the ball up. He made a bad pass, mm-hmm. but then he got back and made the play and got the ball right back. Where yeah. in years past, we would give the ball up and we would literally, an example, we would watch Haji Berry dart down the pitch and put our keeper on a one-on-one situation. Mm-hmm. One-on-one versus Haji Berry, I wouldn't put an MLS player against that. 
Yeah. I mean, Haji Berry's a special talent, but yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. Yes. We've seen the issues in the midfield as far as like, you know, heavy touches and, and, and feeling and looking rushed and not making the, you know, a, a solid decision, but we haven't seen, really seen the giveaways that we've been seeing. So I would say as a whole, the, the midfield play has been more consistent, but it's not at the same level that we need it to be. It's not as good, but it's consistent level play, and we're not turning the ball over in poor positions. So there's already been improvement there. We've seen a makeshift back line still do really well, outperforming expectations, and you've got three to four guys back there that have been swapping in and out that I can't fault them really for anything that they've done so far. You know, And, and even and- at that, to touch on your makeshift back line, we still had a makeshift back line this past week. Yeah. Where we had Seymour playing right back when he's supposed to be playing midfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not where we need to be because we keep picking up injuries here, injuries there, a player's not ready or a player's unavailable for whatever reason. I mean, we can blame it on this. We can blame it on that. He, he, whatever the case may be, we're trying to make do with what we have. I mean, it. that's all we got. I mean, we can only field what we have. If Rosh isn't ready, he won't play. And then we'll see a lineup with, with Austin, Kalen, and Will. We won't see... We won't see the top class back line that we saw week one, week two into the open cup. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's still, you know, figuring things out to some extent, but you know, Alexi's played well, Will's played well back there, Sam, you know, whoever's been back there has played really well. And I, and I love, you know, outside of Christian, like to me, my favorite player to see so far this season has been Ratty. And his limited appearances because like, I love Raddy's physicality. I love his ability to push the ball forward. You can see him, you know, working down that left wing, working into the box. And he almost like, scored on Saturday. Yeah, he almost yeah, he almost scored on Saturday. Like he Raddy's a guy that he is gonna be so much fun to watch as long as he can stay out of disciplinary trouble. Because <laughs> I think twice now since he's and, and two of his appearances, he's uh gotten picked up yellow cards within couple of minutes of coming on the, on the pitch. Uh, but he's got so much ability and you can see him just beating guys down the line. And that's so much fun to see. And, you know, with, with guys coming back from injury with everyone starting to figure, really figure things out. I think we do start picking up more goals here. We do start uh, finishing out some of these matches and, and picking up some more points along the way. And I think Charleston is a great example of, of where that's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be a great, and I don't want to take anything away from Charleston. Um, I mean, they're doing something I'm not. They're running their asses off for about four or five miles a day at high-intensity levels. So they're doing something I'm not, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but Charleston isn't a Charleston team that we've seen two years ago, three years ago. Even parts of last season where they were poised to be a playoff team for sure. Um, 
And they're pretty much following suit with what they had last year, where they show signs of dominance and then they filter out or peter out or whatever word you want to use. Um, so that'll be a definite good test for us and a good answer to get back on track, especially if we can get guys back like Serge and Alex um, and Illich and most of our injured players that are down right now. If we can get them back for Charleston on a lighter team that we can actually um, work them back in, that, that'd be what I want to see. Yeah, Charleston's a... Charleston is a weird club because, you know, that that's one of the oldest franchises in U.S. soccer. They've been really good. We've They played us really well here last year, and they're really not giving up a ton of goals. Yeah, they've had, you know, a, a few issues. You know, I think I gave up three or four to Atlanta United, too, which is really weird. Um they, and they gave up four to San Diego Loyal. But again, we talked about Loyal are one of the best clubs in in the entire USL right now. But they're, Charleston just isn't scoring. They're not scoring anything really at all. I mean, uh, looking at their score lines here, they scored one, two, three, four, five goals all season long, which is less than us. Um, and so they just, I don't know, it's strange. Um it's strange to look at them and think that they're not a, a, a good team because, you know, because of how good they've been the past few years and to see them, you know, and they're running for the, for the wooden spoon at this point is just, you know, it's kind of shocking if you ask me. Um, and Jerry, to your, to, your, to your question there, I see so much confidence after coming from three straight losses and a draw. So the, the thing about that, Jerry, and I was, I was looking at a bunch of stats over the weekend is that, in this six-match stretch, United has led time of possession in every single one of them. We've led in shots in every single in all but one of them. We have more shots on target in all of those matches. Um, you know, we're creating more opportunities. We're we're we look the better squad. We're just not finishing, and we don't have that consistency like we talked about. And so that's why we're confident. Like it's not like United is sitting is sitting there and playing poorly. It's not like we're getting outplayed by any of these any of these other any of these other clubs. We're just not taking advantage of the opportunities that we have. That's what it is, and that's why we're not really like down on it. Like yes, there are things that need need to be improved upon. But we're not playing poorly. We're actually playing really well, all things considered. You know, with with the injuries and the midfield issues, but we're you know we're playing well. We're playing really well defensively, and you know it's just it, it's it's hard to not be confident when you know you've got one of the best defenses in the league right now. And um, had we had we played poorly on Saturday against San Diego. Yeah, I might be a little more down on it. Am I down that we drew? No, absolutely not. We drew to the third-ranked team in the West, and I believe, Seth, correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say the fifth or sixth-ranked team in the USL. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, am I upset that an injured, depleted... New Mexico United squad 
Drew with a top five USL team? Absolutely not. Because in moments time, we will be there with that top five club. We will be there once we get Mondo back on back on board and back in the mix. Once we get Josh back in the mix and all of our subs that come on and can help out with that, we're set. I'm not worried about it. Had we had we played poorly, yeah, I might be a little more upset, a little more worried, but I'm not. Yeah, you know, that's understandable. And, you know, looking at Charleston this weekend, you know, Jerry says uh, NMU should should destroy Charleston and put a 3-1 scoreline up there. You know, this is a club that United should beat, given how Charleston is playing, given how we're playing. And they've still got some guys on their roster from last year that I looked at back then and said, okay, these are guys that we need to keep an eye on. You know, Daly is one of them. Uh, he's still, he's still there for, for Charleston. Um, you know, uh, Oduro's there. ATN is there. Like they've got a talented squad. It's just really strange what's going on. But, you know, I don't disagree with Jerry. We should win this. I feel like this is one of those opportunities that if we miss out on points, um, if we miss out on points in this match on Saturday, then there's something that we, there's something to be said for that. Like if you can't pick up points against a club that's struggling that bad and you're right, Jerry, consistency has always been the issue. It's always been the issue. Um, and that's why we keep saying, you know, once we find a consistent flow, once we get a better, uh, flow through the game, a better flow through the midfield to the forwards, um, you know, that's where we're, and when we consistently finish, then we're going to be, you know, a really tough, tough out. Um, but you know, so, we don't dis- we're not going to disagree with you. Like consistency has always been the issue. And, and I touched on Jerry's comment, Earl, don't get red. I'm just naturally red right now because I picked up a nice sunburn over the weekend. So yeah, so I'm just <laughs> naturally red. It's not me getting upset. It's literally a sunburn. Yeah. And you know, it's, I I like our chances. I like the systems that Zach has been putting out there as long if we can be consistent through the midfield, like I said, I'm going to keep talking about you through the midfield, the midfield play is going to be the key. If we can open up those spaces, open up those chances, then United should do it. And I, and I think Christian's going to get his first goal this weekend. I would love to see that. And I'm going to say three nil United on Saturday. I'm going to have to go with Jerry. I like a 3-1. All right. Sounds good. Uh, who on – I mean, have you paid attention to anything from Charleston this year? I mean, if so, who do no. you think – No? Okay. I was say, who do you think we should look at? But if you haven't paid any attention to him at all, um, you know, uh, Daly is one of those guys that I feel like can, can be dangerous. He's got some pace. He, you know, he can finish. We saw him last year. Um, but Charleston just isn't good enough. They're just not good enough, and this is a point that we need. I don't want to say need, but we should pick up three points from this one. Um, you know, points on the road are always super important, and in a match here where we've really seemed to outclass Charleston, I feel like you know we have to take advantage of that. So, uh, Earl, I do have one other topic for you, and I don't know if you saw the announcement today, but 
EA Sports is announcing that starting in 2023, EA Sports FC will be the new home of football. So that explains the title. Yes. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm okay with that. Um, because EA Sports is already making FIFA as it is right now. So why pay FIFA to make your own game? Yeah. Why would you throw money to FIFA to produce a game that you're going to produce regardless? And now you're paying this entity royalty rights because you're using their four letter word. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see what happens. You know, according to uh, the EA Sports uh, announcement today, it said to football fans everywhere, I want to start by thanking this incredible community of more than 150 million fans who helped build the world's biggest football entertainment platform, EA Sports FIFA. After nearly 30 years of creating genre-defining interactive football experiences, we will soon begin an exciting new era. Next year, EA Sports FC will become the future of football from EA Sports alongside our 300-plus licensed partners across the sport. We're ready to take the global football experiences to new heights on behalf of all football fans around the world. Uh, and the final edition of EA Sports uh, or uh, FIFA, uh, Ultimate Team, Career Mode, Pro, Pro Clubs, and Volta Football will all be back. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That's talking about EA Sports FC in 2023. Our unite our unique licensing portfolio of more than 19,000 players, 700 teams, 100 stadiums, and 30 leagues that we've continued to invest in for decades will still be there. That includes ex exclusive partnerships with Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, the MLS, and more to come. Do you think that changes the USL deal with Konami in any way, or do you think they stick with Konami? I think they jump. I think USL jumps to EA. Okay. Um, I would love to. Don't. I would love if that were to happen, because I cannot tell you how fun it is to. I have FIFA 22. I can't tell you how fun it is to dig through and find all these old New Mexico United players, um, and these the current roster New Mexico United players like Will Seymour and Justin Portillo, mm -hmm. um. And get them, and even Cody's on 2022, on FIFA 22. So it's it's fun signing Cody and having him as your keeper, signing Portillo and having him on your bench, signing Seymour and having him on your bench, or even starting him. I mean, it's fun. It's creative. I would love to see EAFC or whatever the hell they're going to call it. Um bring on usl i think it gives usl limelight and some kind of spotlight to a lower division soccer club or soccer league um and it's it's only fair to the usl players i mean you're looking at usl players like haji berry solomon asante michi galena i mean you're looking at all these players um and unfortunately i would even throw yuma in there and different El Paso players who are top quality. I mean, do I like the way Yuma plays? Absolutely freaking not. Do I like how he flops and gets someone sent off on a red card because he decided to get breathed on? Absolutely not. Jerry, if you can explain that in the chat, that'd be great. <laughs> um, I will actually read that one out loud. If you can logically explain how 
the player that got breathed on by Yuma picked up a red card because Yuma decided to fall on his back. If you can logically explain what happened there and what constituted the red card, I will personally read it out loud. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, inter- it'll be interesting to see what happens with the new EA Sports FC because USL did ink a multi-year deal with Konami. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't you know, somehow try to buy it, buy it out or anything like that. But I think it may still be another year or two before we see that. And I think, and then the EA Sports thing continues to trend because you know they have EA Sports football and not NCAA football coming back, and now EA Sports FC. You know, maybe it is a cost-saving move. Maybe it does save EA some money by negotiating directly with the leagues and the and the federations uh, and the players' associations as compared to FIFA as a whole. I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens and see if maybe Konami picks up a couple extra exclusives over ea because of it and uh to jerry's comment over here brett is such a let, let down i would say the service into nico brett has been a letdown and not nico himself um there you go <laughs> earl's deciding whether or not he wants to give jerry's a uh, comment some uh some attention there. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Okay. So Jerry, our good friend Jerry, um, old Mr. Murillo. So when I requested a logical answer or logical explanation to Yuma's flop from being breathed on, that's not what I expected. <laughs> because one, it doesn't logically explain Yuma flopping because he was breathed on. Two, it doesn't logically explain a person being sent off for being for breathing on a player. Um, but because I like Jerry so much and he gives me these white hairs that I have in my hair and my beard, um, Jerry said. Nothing to explain. Nothing to explain. It's a flop like Neymar does, like Ronaldo does, like 90% of professional players flop. Yeah. I have no answer to that because it doesn't answer what I was requesting. I mean, does Neymar flop? Absolutely. Does Ronaldo flop? Absolutely. But they're also getting paid millions on top of millions, on top of millions of dollars to play in a top-class league like the Premier League, like whatever other freaking league Neymar plays in nowadays because he's been through about four of them. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't logically explain why Yuma decided to lay down on the floor because, and... I mean... Yeah, I would say they flop, but they don't roll around the pitch and they get right back up. Yuma laid down for about two and a half minutes because he was breathed on. Um, if you want to banter about this, Jerry, definitely private message me. I tell you because- what, I, I got I got one last question for Jerry. Jerry, straight question, straight answer. Was the red card warranted? 
Yes or no. That's all I need to know. Was the red card warranted? Uh, so while Jerry's uh, coming up with that, with a response to that one, um, Earl, did you have any closing thoughts uh, on on this evening's show? Uh, not really a closing thought. We touched on it last week. Um, and I'm going to try to buy some time so we can see Jerry's answer if we get one. Um, I'm hoping we do before we close off. Um, mental health. That's the biggest thing. I mean, we're still mental health awareness month. Um, United shared this post or shared a video on their page today on their Facebook page from tomorrow needs you. Um, I was super moved by it to the point where we did on the page here, share it to our page as well. Um, I also tagged tomorrow needs you in that post. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. No, the red card was not warranted. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I actually tagged tomorrow needs you in that post. They did reshare the post from us, um, which was cool because if I could pull it up real quick, let me, let me get you what I said. I don't know if you saw the post. I tried to tag you in it. I don't know if it tagged you or not. I think it did. I saw, yeah, I had a notification for it. So, so yeah, so it did tag you and it probably tagged, uh, Seth or Jacob as well. Um, so they posted a video and if you want to watch it, go to our page. Um, Somos Mas NM, it's there. Um, and I put, we stand united in the fight to raise awareness on mental health issues. Remember, it's okay to not be, it's okay not to be okay. You just need to find the channel to talk to. And I'm sure Seth and Jacob, if he were here, Jerry, you can comment all you want, man. Um, I'm sure Seth and Jacob both agree with what I put. Um, I, along with Seth and Jacob, would much rather you you vent would what would much rather you vent to us, cry to us, yell at us, or whatever you want to do in our ear, than sit in some random per- church pew and listen to your eulogy because you decided to do something else. And that's 100% wholehearted. I could not stress it enough. If you are going through something, we're all human. We're all there. Trust yeah. me. This past weekend was one of those weekends where if it wasn't for family, I probably would have been in some bad spot. But we're all there. Find somebody to talk to. You have us on Facebook. Private message the page. I check it every day. If you have my number, text me. <laughs> If you have Jacob or Seth's number, text them. If you have them on Facebook, message them. We're here for you. This whole Somos Mas NM wouldn't be Somos Mas NM if we didn't have you as followers. So wholeheartedly, without any shadow of doubt, if you need a channel, we're here for you. I mean, that's point blank. I want to listen to you vent, like I put. I want to listen to you vent, cry, scream, holler, whatever you want to do. Then read your obituary or some random church sitting in a pew because you decided to take care of it yourself. Find the help you need, whether it's us, whether it's professional. 
If you need those resources, go to our page. I've put them day in and day out. I put different resources for you. There's Agora Crisis Center. There's Tomorrow Needs You. Um, so many different resources that you can use. Just find them, reach out to them. That's all I really have. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That Earl, you know, if you, if you do have things going on, you know, feel free to reach out to us. You know, we'll, we'll, even if you just need a sounding board, you know, let us know, uh, you know, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, you know, get in touch, you know, uh, it's almost moss. We are more, you know, that's what we want to be. We don't, we, yes, we talk about sports. We talk about, you know, a lot of fun stuff, but you know, reach out to us, uh, and we'll help you in, in any way that we can. Um, so here we go, Jerry Mario. A couple more comments. So, one, your opinion of El Paso comeback. Uh, if El Paso wins and the Mexico NMU loses, it won't matter that you guys are missing games. El Paso would officially surpass NMU so, in the table this season. So, Jerry's obviously asleep while he's typing this. Um, because, Jerry, I will be the first to admit it El Paso's already passed United on the table. As of the as of this moment, if you were to go to ESPN or FOTMob or Scorecaster or any kind of soccer score table that shows the USL table, El Paso's ahead of United, along with nine other teams ahead of United. Um, you want my opinion on the El Paso comeback? It's about time. It's yeah. about time. Welcome to the party. Yeah, you know, I said it a few weeks ago, and you know, talking about El Paso, and it's El Paso was playing really well early early in the season. At least from my, I I felt like in El Paso was playing well, but they weren't taking advantage of the opportunities. Um, yeah, we do have yeah, we, we have two two matches in hand again uh, compared to El Paso. So if we did win them, we would be ahead. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I felt like El Paso was playing, but it just, and even against us, like you guys had opportunities, but you didn't take advantage of them. And I think that's a lot of what was hurting El Paso early on more so than the injuries. Like I, the injuries, honestly, to me, like El Paso has the talent, even with those injuries that they could have won those matches, but they just, they weren't capitalizing on opportunities. And there was, I, know, I think it was the the match after ours as well where I was watching El Paso and I said, what is going on? Like, they're just, they're not firing right. They're not hitting their chances. They're not making the most of the opportunities that they have. And so I kind of felt like they were underrated for the first few weeks of the season. Like they were very under the radar. And I even talked to Harry about it and, you know, Harry, you know, we both kind of, you know, I'm, I wasn't sure. And Harry wasn't really sure like what, what the issue was in El Paso, but yeah, like you, I felt like you guys are playing well enough that you should have picked up more points than you had early on, but it just wasn't happening. And so, um, after that, that tough stretch for you guys, I, you know, I did kind of start wondering, hey, is this really a team that's going to contend? Because El Paso was one of one was one of my teams that I had early on as a contender for the playoffs. And so it's honest, you know, like like Earl said, it's, it's about time you guys started picking up points in matches where you should pick up points um, and and not missing out on as many opportunities. And so I, you know, I still feel like you guys are, I think El Paso is still trying to figure a few things out, 
but I can see them in the playoff hunt at the end of the season. As they should be. I mean, I was going to say something crazy and something dumb to Jerry. I decided not to. I thought about it twice. Um, My comment for El Paso, finally, uh, my last comment for El Paso making a comeback is the season started in March. So it's now May 10th, and you guys are finally looking at some kind of top 10 in the leaderboard in the table. You know, I'll be honest. I kind of took exception to one of the comments made over on Striker Texas, um, basically saying that New Mexico United was was the inferior team after that match. And the, the thing about that is that while while you guys did lead, you know, did, did control possession, you did. I think you had more shots. I have to go back and double check all the stats, but. You know, United went on the road into a place that is historically very tough to play, that El Paso plays well at. And United went out and implemented the game plan that they had, and they won that match. Now, like I said, if you guys had hit your opportunities and not missed so many opportunities, I think that match would have turned out differently, but you didn't. And to say that United was the inferior team and inferior man to man or you know player to player i think was a as a gross misstatement because united went out put their game plan in and beat el paso and that's what happened now we'll we'll beat you guys uh in the return match up here i don't know we'll have to see where things are at at that point in the season but you know i i feel like el paso is a is a side that should be in playoff contention so Hopefully that uh, hopefully that satisfies you there, Jerry. So uh, we appreciate you being here as always. Um, before we get out of here, I do want to give a shout out to Tommaso Ferro, a guy I did an interview with today. Uh, who is, he's actually an intern for Villarreal from La Liga, uh, who was doing some research on U.S.-based soccer clubs. Reached out to me and reached out to some other guys uh, from the USL and the MLS to talk the U.S. soccer structure. Um, and specifically, you know, we, I talked to him about soccer here in New Mexico. So shout out to, to, to Tommaso for, for taking the time today. It was like midnight for him when we talked. So, um, I don't know if that's going to be printed anywhere or public published anywhere, but if it is, I'll let you guys know. So shout out to him. Uh, shout out to Jerry. Appreciate you being in the chat. Earl, thank you for joining me tonight. Jacob, enjoy your vacation, buddy. We hope to see you next week. Um, Oh, there you go. Earl doesn't. Uh, I do. So uh, for, for Jacob, for Earl, for myself, thank you guys so much for watching and for listening. And until next time, somos unidos.